You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I get to sit down with my co-founder, Denise Holiday and interview an amazing young man, a 19-year-old named Josh Bowers. Denise, what, what are your thoughts before we introduce this episode to everybody else? What are your, some of the things that you want our listeners to take away before they jump into this episode? Tell them how amazing this episode is getting ready to be if they stick around and listen to this. So I don't know if you remember me texting you and saying, Kevin, you are in for a treat on Wednesday. Well, hey, listeners, let me let you know, you guys are in for a treat today. This young man is a phenomenal young man who is doing a lot of work on self, which is something we all struggle to do. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Josh Bowers. Hey, before we get into the episode with Josh, quick reminder, if we are having a virtual conference, July 13th and 14th, and we would love for you to either be a participant and attend the conference, or if you're looking for an opportunity to speak, we always say every human being, particularly every educator and student wants to feel valued, seen, and heard. This is going to be an outstanding platform for other educators to attend the Relationship Center Learning Conference July 13th and 14th. So head over to rclfirst.com. Click on the right-hand corner in the orange link that says RCL Conference. All the information is there that you need. Hey, let's get started with that episode with Josh. Welcome to the Relationship Center Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. We are back with another exciting episode with a student voice and my co-founder, Denise Holiday. So I want to welcome Denise and Josh to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you. You guys are going to be in for a treat with Mr. Joshua Bowers. Let's do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Smile, Kevin. You know, it's like, it, it's so funny. It's infectious, Josh, because I will tell you, I think the more you smile, the more I, I'm like, it, it naturally oh. makes me want to smile. And, and I'm just, I'm not just telling you that you have an amazing smile. So it's one oh, of those smiles that will light up a room. So, hey, Josh, Absolutely, brother. Hey, before we get into today's episode, let's do that. Let's get that connections before content, right? So let's GTKY. Okay. We'll do a couple of questions. Let's start off with Denise. Let's find out a little bit about Josh, Denise. You go first. Okay. So Josh, first question for you is, what is your ultimate Saturday day look like? If you were not working, what would you prefer to do on a Saturday? On Saturday, so typically I would wake up pretty early around probably 3.45-ish, 4. I'll go to the gym, and then after that, I will come back. I do do a little bit of day trading uh, in the morning for a couple hours, but the market's closed on Saturday. So I would do a simulation of it over the previous week or so just to get a few more reps in. And after that, it's pretty much just, you know, snuggling up on the couch, watching YouTube or Netflix or anything like that. Yeah, pretty simple. Okay. 
All right. All right. So Josh, I'll just segue off of that. What's something that you would think that Denise and I should check out that you're streaming? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're watching, you were just talking about on that set. Yeah. What mm -hmm. would you be screaming that you're like, hey, Denise and Kevin, you guys really need to check this out? Most definitely, I would say it's a live stream. It's called Market Fluidity. And it just goes over the economic news throughout the week. And it's live streamed every day between 5.30 and 8 a.m. in Central Time. And so uh, they just go over all their trades. So it's extremely transparent. If they lose, you can see them lose. If they win, you can see them win. But it teaches you about the economy because, you know, they go over the economic news. Like here recently, there was a, what do you call those? There was a, a lake that was blocked by a boat and it controls about 12% of the world's commerce. And yeah. so gold actually dropped a little bit here recently. And I just found that by listening to the, the live stream in the morning, so. <laughs> Denise, I'm, Josh, <laughs> let, let me ask you a question, Josh. How old are you? I'm 19. Okay. Oh. Now I just need to put this in perspective for the people that can't see Josh, right? He definitely is a very young looking man. So in other words, Josh, you look great. So oh, the point you. is, is listening to this conversation, Denise, you and I are 51. This young man's talking to us at 19 and you and I are like, what? What, what, yeah. what, hey, what I talking? got a daughter, Josh. I got a <laughs> daughter who. <laughs> where, She's where, beautiful. Where's Avery at? We we, we let's pull up the headshot of Avery. Uh, I, I, I guarantee, know, I guarantee you, Josh, you would be like, uh, okay, let's, 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 uh, let's let's talk after the show, Josh, about Avery. Uh, shout Look out to Avery Holiday. He's much big time. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Before we okay. get off. All right. So, come on, Denise. Final question. Hey, so no, question. no, no, Denise. Oh, think about it. He gets to ask us. No, no, no. Listen, you know what I'm saying? So now, Denise, think about it now. Now you're uh, getting to know Josh as a person who may be, you know, Avery may be interested in. So think about your questions now. Go ahead okay. there, Circle okay. Mama. <laughs> so, Josh. What is your type of mate, like dating mate? What what do you look dating? for in in a dating mate? <laughs> Actually, we just had a had a conversation with this with my uh, co manager up here in the internet department yesterday because I talked about how I don't really have any dating experience really per se. I just been you know school, baseball, or work, and so they're actually trying to get me a girlfriend or set up on dating sites and whatnot. But I tried when I tried to, since I've been in the car business so long or about a year now, I'm surrounded by older individuals, so like 30, 40, 50, and 60 year olds. And the people I talk to are typically in that age range as well. And so I've gotten to the point where my communication skills, I wouldn't want to say surpass where the people in my age group are, but it was typically be older. I typically like to talk to older people just because they know how to communicate a little bit better. And they're more upfront with their feelings rather than, you know, just beating around the bush, I could say, for lack of a better term. No, well, I, I think- 22, so that's older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she is older and she is beautiful and she definitely can communicate. Man, I didn't realize we were having the dating show, but- uh, I know. <laughs> So I will tell you this, Josh. So, you know, I heard, I heard I'm listening, a key word, baseball. Mm -hmm. Josh, here in Texas, I was a high school football and baseball coach for 10 years. I okay. coached baseball. I did baseball camps, traveled for baseball, did a lot. So talk to me, in what position do you play in baseball? Back in high school, I was a right-handed pitcher and a first baseman. You know, I played, of course, the travel ball teams. You may have heard of some of them, uh, Waco Storm, 
They're pretty popular. Austin Elite, I think they're called Lone Star Baseball now. I've traveled all over the state, sometimes even over the country, just to play baseball. Wow, that's awesome. See, it's good to know. Pitcher in a first baseman. All right. Oh. All right. So, Josh, there's a few questions for us. What question do you have for Denise and I? You can do it in any way you want. Okie dokie. So I just had one because Denise said this is going to be about a relationship podcast. And so I was just wondering, have in your previous relationships, uh, personal or business, how have they helped you or hindered you to get you towards or more aligned with your goals or even reach them? Ooh, oh, man, Josh, you've taken this student <laughs> podcast to the next level. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Oh, you want to go? No, go ahead. I got you. Okay, so I'll go first. The way this particularly what we do now mm-hmm. has helped me. Um, when you talked about communication, I have not always been the best communicator. But more than anything, I hadn't always been the best listener. And so it has really helped me professionally and personally with my family and the work that I do. Okay. So Josh, Denise and I are almost, we're the same age. I will, I will add to that. I try to be a better (laughs) listener. Um, I try to be more empathetic and understand Mm -hmm. other points of views I try to be more open-minded. I try to not judge or have Mm -hmm. biases or beliefs that I recognize can get in the way of that communication. But But I think most of all, what I probably have taken away is when you look at all those things, this work has allowed me to almost look into a mirror, Josh. And Really? Yeah. And here's why I say this. I was an assistant principal, football coach, teacher, all of these things. But before this work really came into my arena, I was that nose to nose, toes to toes, Mm -hmm. you know, get out of my school. If you don't like it, get off my field. I don't care what your problem is. If that's your problem, leave it at the doorway or leave it at the gate. Don't bring it on the field. And what I'm saying is it's like, it's not that I wasn't inhuman, but there was, there was this wall of what I perceived, what I thought people needed me to be. Yes. And what this work did is it broke down that wall and then it allowed me to discover who I was mm-hmm. and who, who I was comfortable in being and not what, who other people thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, yeah, it was a uh, very revealing. So I always say discover and develop. When you discover okay. who you are and you once you discover who you are and then once you develop kind of who you are naturally, mm-hmm. then you start to become into your own person. What's crazy, you're 19, I'm mm-hmm. 51, and it wasn't happening until the last few years that my life was really shaped to who I am today. I, I shouldn't say okay. that. My life has been shaped my whole life, but I yes, started sir. to be aware of who I am the last couple of years more than anything because of this work. Okay, I understand that. All right, what question you got, Josh? Alrighty. What else you got for us? All righty. So recently I heard the saying, relationships can get you into rooms, money and other accolades cannot. And I was just wondering if you guys had any examples or maybe any story that can attest to that statement. <laughs> Denise. <laughs> No, I just, Josh, we, you have to understand, as I told you, we're 50, little over 50 episodes in. One, I'm just going to tell you, your, your, your questions are very thought-provoking and are very intentional. 
and they're just just they're almost profound. So we're very impressed just by your questions. That's why you're you're looking at Denise. If Denise and I are in the room, we'd be looking at each other in the eyes. Like you know, instead, we're looking at each other. But to answer your question, I believe that relationships have opened more doors for me. And here's why I can here's what I can say, Josh. I left public education to start a business. Denise yes. left education to to join the business, right? So if we talk mm-hmm. about it that way, is is kind of what you frame around how you framed it, getting you into the room. Well, see, in an educator world, knowing who you are, knowing people get you job interviews. So in other words, yes. I got coaching jobs and I got interviews for jobs because not because anything to do with money in the education world is who you know, right? So yes. thinking about it like this, then you come out here and now I never really thought of myself this way, but I am an entrepreneur, right? We started a business. So what's interesting now is as an entrepreneur, it's not really about the money. As you mentioned that quote, right? Mm -hmm. It is really a like, if I meet the right people and have the right relationship with them, they'll get me to other people, whether money's Mm -hmm. involved or not, right? Yes, sir. And I believe not only does do the doors of relationships and connections open power, knowledge, connections. It leads to potential money. It leads to those yes. pieces of information and the mm-hmm. connections that you have. Because the one thing that Denise and I, when we first joined forces, there was nobody mentoring us, Josh. So really? we, we didn't have a room. No, you have to understand, we didn't know what an LLC really stood for. We didn't know what an S-Corp was. We didn't know that we should have a CPA. We didn't know what write-offs because in our world in education that you don't, you're not surrounded with any of those terms. You're in a really educator bubble. So for me, I would definitely agree with that quote, as far as the relationships opening more doors and and particularly for the access to money. Denise, do you want to add anything to that, hun? Yeah, actually I do. And I'm going to go a different direction, like understanding Um, and allowing myself to experience relationships with so many different people from so many backgrounds, cultures, and the opportunity to hear each of those stories really allowed me to open the door for myself for self-love, which I did for so many years. So it really opened that door for me to like know Baby, okay. you, you are all that and a bag of chips. So relationships did that to me. Now, four years ago, that would have never came out of my mouth ever. But I really, it allowed me to like really open the door for myself to say, Hunty, yes, you are amazing. Yes, thank yes, ma'am. you. All right, great question. Let's go with one more, Josh, what you got? All righty, perfect. And then, um, so after being in sales for a little bit over a year now, I've come to the realization that I've gotten pretty good at starting relationships. So I can pretty much approach anyone I want to now. Like that approach anxiety and that um, initial conversation starters, I've, I pretty much got them down packed. But now my biggest question, what I've been trying to work on here personally, is uh, making some of those longer term or making those relationships turn into long term. And so my question is, how would you, recommend maintain your relationship for the long term <laughs> Denise we- okay so uh, you need your own podcast <laughs> <laughs> for me I would say how do you 
allow yourself to be in a relationship, maintain it for long term. One is it's really about grace and conversation. You okay. can't have grace, conversation, and honesty. There can be no long term in anything mm-hmm. uh, in self, business, or anything. So grace, um, communication, and just keeping it one hundred. Okay, so, I understand that. So, Josh, I. I am in a newer, a newer relationship coming off two unsuccessful marriages. So you can take okay. this advice. So you can take this advice how, how you would like, <laughs> right? I, I would call this more wisdom, right? But here's what I would tell you. Adding value to what D- Denise said, and mm-hmm. Denise has really also been there, and she has also seen my growth in particularly personal relationships. So maintaining relationships takes intentionality. Yes. And without intentionality, there is no sustainability. We have, we have a phrase, you can't wing relationships, right? Okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so think about it, Josh. You can't wing a relationship with you're looking for a long-term relationship. So you can't, yes. you can't not have a plan. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if mm-hmm. you're gonna be with somebody, whether that's gonna be a business partner, whether that's going to be a love interest, if you're gonna have a relationship with them, then it's gonna be intentional. If you're gonna be intentional, yeah then you're going to need to get to know the other person because in order to get to know the other person, you won't know what to intentionally do or not do without knowing, you know, what, what they need, but also what you need. Yes. You opened up a can of worms here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to continue (laughs) on this. Okay. No worries. No, no, no. So the other thing is what I would say, Josh is, is you have to know what you need out of a relationship, but you also have to know what the other person needs And you have to, and I'm going to give you probably the best advice I can give you is don't be afraid to reshape to a certain extent who you are, but don't lose your identity, Mm -hmm. Josh. Do not lose who you are to be with somebody else. That if I wish somebody in life would have told me that earlier. And the reason I'm saying is part of the reason why I've been unsuccessful in, in relationships. Well, one was 15 and one was 10. So it's not that it's long term. I think, yeah. I think my Achilles heel, Josh, is I reshape and become who they need me to be, but then you lose who you are. And I think there's a fine mm-hmm. balance. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Most and definitely. Then, yes, sir. Then the biggest advice I think I can give you along with anybody is when you have communication, Denise just mm-hmm. said, clear communication, definitely grace. And then definitely honesty. And when I say honesty, I think you have to build so much trust that you can have what I call raw truth honesty. And when I say raw okay. truth, Josh, there's nothing secret in your phone. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's nothing that you, you don't do that you wouldn't be able to share with the other person in your life, right? And then lastly, when it comes time, because this will happen in every relationship, Josh, every relationship, there will be a miscommunication. So one, when that happens, you need to take these things into consideration, tone, timing, circumstances. Did we communicate, right? Did we lead with grace? And were mm-hmm. there any assumptions involved in this? Because Henry Winkler once said, assumptions are the termites of every relationship. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm saying. If you and mm-hmm. your partner, when you have a disagreement or miscommunication or negative impact can go, okay, 
What kind of tone was involved in this? Somebody said, had a, somebody had a little attitude. What was the timing surrounded? Uh-oh, you know, I just come home from work or she was stressed, whatever. Mm -hmm. Tone, timing, circumstances. Okay. Where are we at? Are we financially stressed? Are we financially blessed, right? Circumstances. So tone, timing, circumstances. And then again, it really comes down to, did we, are we leading with grace? Are we communicating okay. or are we assuming? And if you okay. go through that kind of funnel, then at the very end, all you have to ask is, what do you need from me in this relationship, right? At Right mm -hmm. at this moment, what do you need from me? Do you need some distance? Do you need an apology? Do you need some, oh, do you need, did you need me to clarify some communication? So one more thing I would add in there is clar uh, clarification. If you assume, then what you need to do is be able to clarify with your partner and say, hey, Denise, is yes. that what you meant? Because then when you get clarification, it, uh, it erases the assumption. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. But no, no. But it is truly, if I could give another young person advice in a relationship, that, that would kind of sum it up. What yeah. are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah, most definitely. It's definitely, you guys are definitely a wealth of knowledge. Definitely thought-provoking. I actually just took some notes here down. And I'll probably run it back as soon as it gets posted, just so I can see and just write down all the notes and taking all that knowledge. But it was definitely the answer I was looking for. And more, more so than <laughs> most definitely. Well, I, go ahead, Denise. So with that being said, Josh, you know, I text Kevin after we got off the phone and I said, we are in for a treat on Wednesday. <laughs> But I did not realize how much of a treat we would be in for. Oh. Um, you know, when I think about the conversation we had and you told me a little bit about your story, I thought mm -hmm. to myself, man, what a positive, uplifting young man who has clearly made it through some really tough things and came mm -hmm. out on the other side with the light shining. And so I remember you telling me a little bit about maybe you can share a little bit about yourself, like that journey mm -hmm. coming back to Texas with that hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. Uh, I want to know more about that story. Tell me more about how we got yeah. here. Well, I went to uh, Belton New Tech. High, well, yeah, Belton New Tech High at Wascow, which is just an, it's sort of an extension to Belton High School down there in Texas. And then I realized that I wanted to experience a little bit of life. Uh, before I went to college and so because you know I saw everyone know they're going to go to college and I and I thought it was a scam to be completely honest with you, I thought college was a scam when I was graduating high school because everyone or at least the people that I was around had the um the mindset of college is the only answer you can't do anything if you can't go to college so it was more so just pride in myself saying oh I'm just going to make it without it just trying to prove everyone wrong and so with that decision I realized I wanted to start a business and I actually moved here to Oklahoma uh, about 10 days after graduation, I was still 17 at the time, so I couldn't really do much except for drive, and I couldn't even get a job in, at certain places because they're casinos here. You have to be 18 to get certain jobs here, and so I moved here 10 days after graduation, and I was sleeping on my sister's floor for about a year. I actually bought a bed last June, <laughs> lol, and so I was sleeping on my sister's floor, had $160. I started working in valet, and then uh, I got an opportunity to work at a car dealership. I was scared out of my mind to actually talk to people because throughout that process of like moving to a new city, not knowing anyone here, I developed a real uh, social anxiety uh, towards people and everything. I just stayed in the house. I didn't talk to anyone. And the first lady I actually spoke to at the car dealership, she 
I actually cried in front of her because I was just so nervous to talk to her. And so I came into the card industry with the, with the purpose of working on my communication skills. So just getting out of that comfort zone and all like, well, card people, they do business. So they have to do marketing. They have to do prospecting, selling, pretty much everything that a business entails. You're just not paying for the product or the overhead. Uh, and you also have to jump out of there and, and talk to people every day. So I thought, well, this is the best decision. I mean, it has everything I, I want to do. And then I get to talk to people and get out of my comfort zone and work on those communication skills. And so um, the first dealership, I ended up shutting down. And then I came here. Um, and then after that, I wasn't actually the best salesperson in terms of volume. So I went selling like 30 or 40, 60 cars a month or anything like that. But I did get a bunch of good reviews. People, I, for some reason, ended up liking me. <laughs> I have no idea why. I was just having conversations and just, just like this, talking to you like them. I, I would explain the car a little bit. And then after that was done, it was really just getting to know them, like building those relationships. That was my main goal. My main goal wasn't to sell a bunch of cars. It was just really to work on my relationship building skills and my communication skills. And then after a little bit, I got moved up to an internet manager and that's where I'm sitting at now. Oh man, that's amazing. You should be so proud. Yeah. Um, I, I, go ahead, Kevin. No, I was just saying like, you know, Josh, there's there's so many questions that are popping in my head. Yeah. But what's interesting is when I when I hear you describe that just that brief journey of your life, right? What I hear though is somewhere which very which I'm trying what I want to understand more is mm -hmm. this drive to become a better communicator, right? You're like, I go into the car business, not because I love cars and, and not to say mm -hmm. you don't, but you know what I mean? Like you didn't say, yeah. oh, I got a passion for cars. or, And so there's something that's inside of you that's very unique. And the reason I say that is, is because self-drive, self-motivation, mm -hmm. people have it to, to lead, to be an entrepreneur, to, to coach, to play sports, whatever it is. What is that self-driving you that was pushing you to say, I need to work on my communication skills and relationship skills? What, what is that inside of you that drives you? I would say, well, surface level in here would just be baseball, I would say, or just athletic over the years. I played for about 10 years, and so it's always just that one more rep mentality. Um, and I just, even to the point of overworking, I, I kind of do that sometimes too, just one more rep, one more rep, or one more phone call. Um, but I would say the deeper reason, this is getting a little bit deep, but my parents ended up getting, having a falling out. And so they got divorced when I was about a junior in high school. And at the same time, uh, the company that they had actually fell like to the ground. It was like, a, like totally like abolished and whatnot, you know, being super successful, you know, making millions of dollars a year to just nothing and a snap of a finger, you know. I'm paying taxes, all that stuff. And so just that lack of communication between my parents and seeing what can happen in just that instant, I realized that I needed to become independent and fully focused on myself. And then I needed to build the skills in order not, because this what's lacking was skills because um, my dad has some skills and my mom had some skills, but if there's no communication, those skills can't come together to work in a coherent fashion. And once one person leaves, the whole company is just down because half of the work is being done. You don't know how to do half of the work. There is, there is no means to an end there. And so I just realized I need to learn skills because that's what people are warning skills, not necessarily accolades or degrees or anything like that. It's really just skills that can get you indoors. And so I realized I just need to build the skills. And then after I get the skills, everything will just fall into place. Mm, man, Josh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I also think such similar 
you and mm-hmm. I, when we talk about my parents' lack of communication as well, I wouldn't even say it was communication. What I heard was a lot of arguing and mm-hmm. fighting and at times, you know, physical things going on. And I thought that became normal to me because it's what I lived. And so when I yes. hear you tell your story and my driving force is about breaking the cycle mm-hmm. and, and providing my kids with something more and something different than th- what I had and how I grew up. And so I see you doing the same thing, but I want to know more about, you talked about this anxiety mm-hmm. about your communication. What was it that might have been implanted in your head that made you feel like personally you couldn't be an effective communicator? Okay, that's a really good question. I'm still actually trying to figure that out myself because when I was in high school, um, of course, when you grow up around the same people for, you know, all the way from elementary school to high school, you become very comfortable with them. Uh, But the thing is, I never escaped that level of comfort. So whenever I stepped out of that little bubble within, who else is going to talk to you? You know, there's no one to talk to. I didn't really know how to get to know new people if they weren't sitting with me directly in class or I didn't have a direct connection to them. And so I just believe that was the the root cause of that, uh, just not being able to expand out of my comfort zone, not being able to prospect or meet new people that weren't in direct connection to me or weren't referrals to me. I had to go out and reach. It was just the effort that I wouldn't use it putting in effort to build a relationship, I guess you could say. And so not knowing how to start from square one and not having like a person that I know that said, hey, this is Josh. He's a cool guy. It was no, uh, this is a random guy that's coming up and talking to me. Who is this guy? So I think it was just that anxiety of just being, I guess, rejection as well, not being accepted too. Mm-hmm. So that really what just drove me, built up that anxiety inside of me. So when I hear Denise, I have the opposite, not, I guess, a different experience. So I was, Josh, I have a daughter who's 30. And so I'm not trying to hook you up. She's got a great fiance. So not going to, because she is older and she's beautiful, but no, no, no. What what I was going to tell you, I just had a conversation, Josh, with this about my daughter the other day. So my parents, like they showed normal, when I say normal, I'm just talking about normal, regular conversation, but I never, I never saw struggle nor Mm -hmm. real anger nor emotion, nor sharing of feelings. And the, re- and the reason I say this, Josh, is, is I grew up in, in on the outside, looked like a very normal family, but inside, not my parents, but my siblings struggled with drugs, alcohol, and addiction, right? Yes. So, so just to understand, I lost all three of my brothers and I'm the youngest by eight and a half years. I lost all three of them by drugs and alcohol related deaths, okay? Wow. So the reason I say this, Josh, is I was talking to my daughter the other day and I told her, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to go up a circle back to your mm-hmm. point. But what I told her was, is we need to get, we need to know each other. Because yes. even though I spent the majority of time with my parents in my life, I really don't know them because they never communicated other than I say normal with air quotes, normal communication. What's for yes. dinner? How was work? You know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know that when the reason the phone was ringing off the wall, that was bill collectors because we were broken. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. We didn't talk. Yes, about sir. It. 
right? It was just, don't answer the phone. You know, it was just one of those, like all those things. And the <laughs> I say that it is, I don't think Josh, you're alone. And the reason I say this, when you said, I didn't know how to communicate or connect outside my bubble, your, your yes. comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I don't think most of us, most of us don't know how to, I think there are some people that are blessed with the skill set that naturally pick up on it. They're mm-hmm. more extroverts than introverts, and they are comfortable and confident mm-hmm. in those areas. And they have may have developed that skill earlier. But I think, Josh, most of us fall in your category where we're not comfortable. Nobody is teaching us. We don't have models out there. And the yes. reason I say that is, is because that is part of the work that we do is when we go into classrooms and particularly with teachers, I want you to imagine a teacher who needs to look like on the outside, they got it all together, right? Yes. They're teaching, going their thing. But on the inside, we're telling them, hey, get to know your kids. And they're like, but I don't know how. Because we teachers are too busy being extraordinary. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to be ordinary. Does that make yes. sense? And when you're ordinary is when you make the most genuine connections. So when mm-hmm. you when yes. you think through that process, what's your thoughts? When I think about that process, it really just comes down like the extraordinary and ordinary. It really just comes out of that simplicity, like simplicity. Like once I stop really overthinking it, I don't really think ahead too much. That's what I had to stop doing. Just thinking, just stop thinking ahead. Because once you said like, instead of being extraordinary, just be ordinary. Just have a general conversation. And then if it leads somewhere, it leads somewhere. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And just really just keep it bare minimum once they say something. Because if you think too far ahead, then you'll be like, oh, if they say this and then they say that. And then you're playing like a choose your own journey in your own head. And then that, and you're not really listening. You're connecting with them at that point. And But once you're once you're listening to them and you're actively listening, and then you pick apart, oh, you said that. I'm going to grab that. And I'm going to run with that conversation. And then we're going to talk about that for a little bit. And they said something else interesting. I'm going to grab that. And I'm going to run with that. And that's how I frame my conversation. That's how I think about what I'm talking about. Um, when I'm talking to other people and trying to get to know them. You know what? You take my breath away. Uh, <laughs> you just leave me speechless um, thinking about like what you said was so powerful. And we are guilty of it. Like we're having mm-hmm. conversations with people, but then we're thinking ahead yes. of that conversation. Or maybe we're thinking about something else. At 8, 19... All I was was thinking about everything else, what anybody else had to say about in that conversation, mm-hmm. how much balance and how you got there so quickly is a testament to your hard work, young man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Think about it, Denise. Think about how hard it is for us when we work with others to get them to even, let's just say, open their mind to think like Josh is thinking, right? And the reason I say that, Josh, is there was earlier when I, you said something about like, what are some suggestions to maintain a relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, you're already practicing it because you're being an intentional listener. You are listening for certain cues. You are listening to not mm-hmm. reply. You are listening yes. to not. And so sometimes we talk about it, it's the difference between listening from your head and listening from your heart. And yes, sir. I try to explain people that was very hard for me because I wanted to interrupt, you know, cut you off or reply mm-hmm. or already give you my next sales pitch or, or whatever you're going to do. 
So mm-hmm. what I have to do is, but if I listen to my heart, I let it come, I let that information come all the way down here and it kind of processes and it kind of yes. just, you kind of described it. And then you, after it hits your heart, then it comes back up to your brain, right? This is mm-hmm. my, this is my visual. Then, then you yeah. say, oh, okay, I'm going to grab onto this piece of information. And so that we can go on to this part of the conversation. It just, does, mm-hmm. is that, is that how your thought process is working? Yeah. Almost exactly. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, just grab on that little piece and just go on with it. And it really is, because I read How to Win Friends and Influence People about three times, just to get it done, just to make sure I understood it. And it really just came down to just letting people talk about themselves, because they will give you things, they will tell you everything they want you to know about them, and you just have to be ready to listen to it. And so they'll say things, they'll hint at things, and of course, they'll answer your question directly. But if you get them to elaborate, and it's really that one thing. If you can get people to talk about that one thing, whether it be, it may not always be their kids or their dogs. Those are the typical things, like talk about people's kids or talk about people's dogs, and they'll start rambling on. But some people, they want to talk about their plants that they have in their garden, or maybe the, the dinner they cooked last night. They just, like, once you hit that one button, you just start rambling. And then once you get, once I became a little bit better at communicating, I was able to let them talk about that situation. And then I was able to pick that one thing out when they said it was just something they mentioned really quickly. I'll be able to pick that thing out and then keep the that conversation headed down the path that I wanted it to go while also letting them speak about themselves. Wow. Denise, you teach Josh. You have Denise, no, no, we're gonna add one more value to your toolkit. We're gonna add you a piece here. So Denise is extremely talented in letting people do what you just described, like talk, mm-hmm. but just guide them down a path. And yes. Denise has one simple little question she asks at the end, right, Denise? That 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 you always just throw on. It's a little, just a little quick question, but it opens up the door. You want to share that, Denise? So, so if you and I were having conversation, so like earlier you talked about the market, right? Yes. The podcast or the streaming mm-hmm. that you watch. Yes. And so, honestly, really, I knew it wasn't the perfect time, but what I wanted to ask you was. Tell me a little more about that streaming. I want to know more. Tell me more about that. Like what really gets you? What what directed you to want to sit and listen to that? And what drives you um, to that show? Yeah. yeah, most definitely. So at first, of course, with the day trading, you always see the, the Lamborghinis and the big houses and the yachts and the private jets. And of, of course, like I, I've been trading on and off for about three years. And of course, that's what grabbed my attention in high school. But I realized very quickly, especially after I moved out, that money doesn't really, of course, it's nice to have, but it's not, it's not a very good source of motivation because it's short-lived. And so I realized that it's really the process. So once I detached myself from the end result and I really just dug into the process, because I plan to go back to college to study economics and finance. And so this is dealing with economics and finance. So it was really just one of those things that clicked. It just became a hobby. And once I detached myself from that end result, I expect nothing of it. It just turned into a hobby. It's something that I gained a, a tad bit of success in. And it's something that I enjoy doing, especially in the community. There's about, um, well, the stream, there, there's two different streams. I'm in the group chat. And so there's about 400 people in there. And so you'll, you'll be watching the charts and you'll also be talking about life events that happen, the economy and things like that. So it really is just another community that I'm in that I enjoy being around. So just asking that question, let me tell you how much I just found out about you more. So one, I found out that money is not the driving force 
too, I found that what I heard, I'll tell you what I heard. Mm -hmm. I heard there's a community within that streaming device. Three, I heard that it's more personal for you because you're learning so much from it. But mm -hmm. also I learned that I need to find out what that streaming thing <laughs> is. So I can go check it out, baby. I'm about to get some knowledge from Josh up in here. <laughs> oh, well, here, here's what I here's what I here's what I listened to, Josh. One, what what the reason I had Denise model that for you is mm -hmm. one simple question that you can add to your tool bag. So when they mention yes. their plant or their dog or whatever, just simply say, tell me more about that. Yes. See, it's, it's an open-ended mm -hmm. question, but it really, it allows people to either peek open the door, open the door, kick the mm -hmm. door wide open. It <laughs> yeah. is, it, you know, I'm giving you a visual, right? But the mm -hmm. point is, is when you say, tell me a little bit more about that, you're, they can give you as much or as little as they want to about that. But it's such yes. a powerful extension of a get to know you question once you start the conversation. So yes. I, wanted, I wanted Denise to model that for you so that when you're working in whatever area and, and mm -hmm. you're adding to your skill set of communication and building relationships, one simple thing about, well, just tell me a little bit more about that. It's so subtle, but so powerful. So what I will also tell you, Josh, is here's what I heard. I heard a couple of powerful things. Everything Denise heard, I heard. And then I heard a couple other things. You said, I didn't focus on the end result. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I say that is, is I know we have complimented you many times, Josh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compliment you one more time. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I believe the 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 way that you are expressing yourself in the intentionality of some of the things that you're going through, you, you, you are demonstrating, I'm going to use my words very carefully, you are demonstrating some very mature skill sets at an early age. And here's what I mean at. If you understand sports, so let me give you an example. Early, when I first started this business, one of the things that I had to get over was the end result. The end result is we need teachers to build better relationships with kids. We need yes. kids to connect with teachers. But the end result means, just understand, the end result means then less kids will be suspended. The end result means less kids yes. will be kicked out of kids. So, so, so understand that, right? So here's what's interesting. I was literally watching a, a video. I think it was like CBS News or even maybe ESPN or somebody. But somebody was interviewing Nick Saban, the head coach okay. at Alabama. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he said... We don't focus, I'm going to paraphrase, we don't focus on the outcome. We don't focus on a national championship. We focus on the process. Yes. And what he said was, is we don't go out to win. We go out to do the process. If the mm -hmm. end result ends up in a win, then the process is successful. And the reason I say this is, Josh, it takes a very, and, and there's a lot of coaches in, in, in the coaching community, a lot of people in sports world who look at people like Popovich from the Spurs, mm -hmm. uh, Nick Saban from Alabama, right? Successful, continuous coaches, even Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots, right? Like when you look at these dynasties of coaches, they all have a system. 
And the system is set up as a process. And sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Just like the market, sometimes Mm -hmm. it goes up, sometimes it goes down. But they don't focus on the outcome. They focus on the process. And I think that was a huge mindset hurdle for me to get through in building relationships and communication because we're brought in, Josh, to say, I need you to reduce suspensions or improve relationships Mm -hmm. or get academic scores up or whatever it is, right? So we're designed to come in with an output specific outcome. But what's so hard is we come (laughs) in and say, hey, we're going to give you the process. And when they say, and we say, then you got to trust the process, right? But just like yes. the market, all of a sudden, they, they're like, well, I'm not building better relationships in 30 minutes. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the, who the hell said you were going to build a relationship <laughs> in 30 minutes, right? But sometimes you build a relationship in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's 30 days. And sometimes it never happens. But, but yes. when, I, when you hear that, Josh, does that make sense to you? The, course, yes, the, the correlation of what we're saying? What are your thoughts on that? I think it's very true. It's a testament, you know, because exactly once I stopped focusing on the process, it, um, or not when I started focusing on the process and less on the end results, there really is less that can deter you. You're less distracted too, because you're more focused on, okay, I have to do this, this, and this, and this, this will eventually lead to the end result. It's almost like working backwards and working your steps, because if you, it's like if you're fishing and you're trying to get someone to do something and you have the reward in front of them and all you talk about is the reward, if they don't hit it within a certain time, they're going to get discouraged. They're not going to work there anymore. They're not going to want to do what you want them to do because all you've told them about is a reward. But if you start with like, hey, we're going to do this and you teach them step one, and then you teach them step two, and you teach them step three, uh, you teach them all the steps and then the reward, they, they're mind blown. Right? Oh my goodness, look how much I accomplished. And then by doing those steps and not really focusing on the reward, I think it allowed, it allowed me personally to just focus on those the boring things more uh, for longer periods of time. So, for example, in the market, I've been waking up for about eight to ten months now, looking at the same chart at the same time every day, and and I was making like a dollar, two dollars, just because my account size was so small. And if I was focused on the end result at that point, I would have given up, like probably months two, if that. And so just by focusing on those results and just showing up every day, that's all it takes is just showing up every day and just focusing on the things that you can control. I mean, anyone can achieve anything you want to. You're so right, Josh. So as you were, as you were saying that, I was just thinking um, what such a bright young man you are, but here's what I appreciate and have appreciated most about you in this conversation today. We sometimes when we have conversations and I'm doing it now, I said, Mm -hmm. we, 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 we talk for others, but continue to speak from a place of I, I, this is my, this is my experience. This is what I've had to go to. This is what, and so to be able to listen to you and learn from you based on your experiences is what I needed um, from anyone I had a conversation. Just, I want to learn from you. I don't want to hear about what the next person did and how that fractured you or this. Mm -hmm. I want to know personally your heart and your head 
and how you move about becoming a better person. So I appreciate you really speaking from a place of I. Thank you. Absolutely. You You know, it's interesting because as I, as I sat here and listened deeper and the reason I say that is, is because it's very, you know, I'm going to be very vulnerable. It's hard, Josh, particularly we're sharing conversations and there's mm-hmm. a piece where I'm like, oh, I need to write something down. But you know what? When I listened more intentionally and a little bit deeper, what you just described before Denise just gave, added value was you said, if you just do this, you know, this process, right? Mm-hmm. You do it over and over and over and over. It's like, I think we know if we put consistency, hard work, mm-hmm. and intentionality into anything, you're always going to see results, yes. right? Like, it, unless the process is ineffective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it says eat 10 pieces of pizza every day, three times a day, you're not going to lose weight, but you're going to gain yeah. weight, right? But if that, but I'm being a little sarcastic. But the point is, is, you know, we have an amazing conversation today. And if most of our listeners are educators, then I just want educators to understand this. What Josh just said is, how about just connecting with kids day in, day out, day in, day out, right? Like a little bit each day. Because the other thing I don't hear you doing, Josh, is, is you're not having to like spend large amounts of times in one area if you break up this mm-hmm. process through your day, right? So much exactly. like you're doing, why think about it. If I'm an educator or if I'm a student, all I have to be able to do is, is trust the process. There's the word trust. But if I can't, if I don't yes. have trust, if I don't communicate, I don't trust. But if I just do something a little bit each day before you know it, a seven days, 21 days, 30 days in, how are you not going to get a chance to know people better if you're communicating on a regular basis versus trying to do it once mm-hmm. a month or yeah. once in a while? So when I hear that and you think about educators, can you see the parallel that I'm trying to explain to them as an audience? Yes. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts most on definitely. that? Most definitely. My thoughts on that would be most, most definitely try to implement it because uh, when you're talking to your students and not even in terms of just trying to get them to understand the curriculum, but it takes really, you can have a five second or a five minute conversation and get to know worlds about the other person, especially if you really, so one day you can say, Hey, how are you doing? Um, and then I always start with, where are you from originally? And then they'll say, Oh, I'm from here. I'm like, and then if they're from out of state or somewhere out of the area, um, I'll say, Oh, how'd you end up here? Or if they're from here, they're, uh, they said they, they're born and raised. I was like, have you ever wanted to move anywhere else? And then that will always open up a conversation. We're like, oh, I have to consider this. And then you can start to go into travel or anything else. And then in terms of talking to younger students, you could think, think about their goals or what they want to do in college or what they want to do by the end of the year or what they want to accomplish. If you're talking to an athlete or maybe a scholar, someone that you have no idea what they're interested in, it really is just like day by day poking at their buttons. And then one day, one day it's, it's all going to spark. And then from there, you'll probably be their favorite teacher, their favorite educator, favorite principal. That's really how it happens. It take, just takes that time and consistency. And then once you hit that one button, I mean, anyone, you can, anyone, you can make anyone fall in love with you. As long as you hit that one button and you continue letting them speak about themselves and becoming genuinely interested in them. I mean, there's no reason not to love you at that point. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you know what? Here's what I'm going to say. You already didn't hit my button. I don't know how many times, Josh. 
But I say this all the time and I'm 100% genuine about it. I always say sometimes we as adults and educators need to step back and allow ourselves to be the student to the students because you guys teach us so much. And today mm -hmm. I have learned so much from you all. Um, you have motivated me. Um, in fact, you have empowered me to go and find out more about this market thing. So before we get mm -hmm. off, I wanna know that streaming <laughs> that, you're, that you're watching. But students can be teachers also. And you just pushed my button and there's absolutely nothing you can do to get rid of me ever. <laughs> There's no worries at all. I'll be glad to have you around. Most definitely. Oh, uh, so so hey, I want to I want to I want to circle back to something that you said towards the very beginning of the show. And I don't think mm -hmm. again, one, you you just said something genuinely. You said if you do this, you generally connect. And what what I love about what you said earlier is, I want to talk back to that thought. And you had said. I was in high school and you thought college was a scam, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you back to that moment. So let's turn back to that channel. Here's what, here, here's why I want to revisit this. I don't believe college is a scam. What I believe, this is my hypothesis, being in education mm -hmm. for 23 years, I think, you know, 20 plus years ago, particularly, you know, yes. college was predominantly the largest route uh, to success because most industries, jobs, even correlation to success, all, the, the, it's like a compass. Most of the compass, yes. right? Or I'll give you a better analogy. What about a highway, right? It was like everybody's going down these major highways, mm -hmm. but the exit ramp to success was college. And what we, yes. were really, what we were really being taught, Josh, is, is you either went to college or you went to like fast foods, you know, I'm just using two opposite spectrums, yes, right? You're either going to be running in McDonald's forever or you're going to be going to college, right? Okay, so, so here's the deal. What I'm trying to get people to understand is the system hasn't changed. It's adapted a little bit, but it, 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 it needs an overhaul. And what I'm saying is now we're going down the highway. My daughter is a streamer. She's on Twitch, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, so she streams Just Dance and she does ASMR small for a small population. In okay. But you know what's interesting is, is she built a literal community of followers when she does Just Dance because she just dances, but then she comes back and then they go to Discord and they watch movies together. Mm -hmm. and, like it is truly a community. But here's yeah. what's interesting is, there are people, as you know, who are YouTubers, streamers, business people making hundreds to thousands to millions of dollars as a young person, mm -hmm. whether they're an entrepreneur or not, they're sitting in their yeah. bedrooms at home making money, right? Sometimes more money than other people who went to college. So now, yeah. so now you imagine the highway, Josh, you can go to college, you can go to trade school, you can become a plumber or a welder, you can become a salesman, you can go into marketing. Yes. I mean, like, I think what the world is, is tons of exit ramps 
But what we see is education keeps pushing everybody down the same, well, you got to get ready yes. for college. You got to take the SAT. You got to take the ACT. You got to have your GPA, right? You got to finish all years of school. You got to have good grades. You got to have good attendance, right? You got to have good behavior. And I'm not saying those are not things that we shouldn't have as, yes. you know, part of the process. But what's so interesting is the school system is, to me, ultraly high-focused on those outcomes, like we said mm -hmm. earlier, yes, that they're forgetting the process is, how about, we always say this, Josh, build your school on a rock of relationships instead of the sands of initiatives. Reason being is the rock of relationships, brother, it don't matter where you go in life. But if I make a connection with you, I can teach you welding, plumbing, you know, skill sets, different things. If and you'll you'll be more willing to learn from me if we connect with each other. But the yes. school system, not to defend the educators, Josh, but to put some parameters around it, the school system forcefully, like air in a balloon, yes. pushes down content, curriculum, scores, academic success so mm -hmm. much that it what it inadvertently is not realizing until we bring it to the forefront sometimes, is that they're pushing all of those other softer skills and communication and connections. They're pushing it to the side as you squeeze on the balloon. So when I give you yes. that description, what are your thoughts? In experience, I'm as getting out of sales and getting more into management and getting up at the corporate ladder, and just that experience, I can definitely tell, like in, ignorance is definitely bliss uh, for one. And then two, um, there are a lot of things that, you know, you wish you could change. Like you see it because you were there at one point. You see it like, oh, if we just did this or maybe if we did that, we would probably have a better success and you'd have generally a happier staff or happier students. And so, but then again, you're also blocked by the big brother sometimes, you know, like this has to happen and you can't do anything else about it. And so, of course, you try to find like that new tech. We have started all the state curriculum that we had to do, but they kind of put their own twist on it, you know, project-based learning. And, you know, more schools like that are popping up nowadays. So there's definitely progress being made, but it really is just to the point where it really is going to take that higher level of authority for the whole system to be reformed. I think they're making really good progress. Like I love my teachers at school because I know they knew I didn't want to go to college. Some of them didn't know I want to go to college. And of course, when I'm doing something, I'm going to do it. Like I didn't just flunk all my classes. I was still on honor roll and everything else. Even though I didn't enjoy it, I was there to do a job. And so I still took care of my all my classwork and everything else. I show them respect, you know, when they're teaching, I'm in, inter, intercepting all that information. And so they're doing the best that they can. It really just comes up to more so just the state and federal government bodies to really reform the education system to where it can be the best that it can be. And of course, that takes change. Probably generations, maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years, it may take that long until uh, we can get those changes. But the educators, I have no issue with any of my educators. I loved all my teachers. And I understand the job that they're doing, especially now being in kind of their shoes where I want to change some things, but I don't have the ability to do so just because it's out of my power. But I try to do everything I can to uh, stick to the guidelines, but also making a more enjoyable experience for the people I'm uh, trying to instruct. Wow. Um, I, I, you made me think about when you said, you know, I know I had a job to do and I come to school and I make mm -hmm. sure that I do that job. I kept my grades up. I was in class and I immediately thought about, you know, that student. Um, if you've ever seen that student that didn't have the drive or the motivation mm -hmm. 
that you had that really struggled either internally or academically or had problems connecting? If you could share any wit mm-hmm. for those educators or with those students, what would it be? Like, I think, have you oh. ever seen um, a situation like that where there was a struggling student? Yeah, most definitely. Even myself here recently, actually, before I got moved up to management, I I just had to sit down and have a conversation because I hated sales. I hated selling cars. Because me being a naturally quiet and more so reserved person, um, just the repeats and the rinse and repeat of me wanting to be build long-term relationships, but also having to meet quotas every month and just meeting, constantly meeting new people, it was very tiring. I was drained, exhausted. I was depressed, anxious again. And so it can really take a toll on you. And I understand if you generally do not like something, there should be changes made, but uh, it, it was fixed with a simple conversation. I just let them know my teacher or my, my manager, like, hey, and I really built that relationship with him because he let me know he generally cared about me. And so once I realized he generally cared about me, of course, I don't want to let him down. But I also have my own interests to protect as well. And so we came to a compromise. And so, of course, there are still guidelines that the teachers still have to set for their students. But there's, you know, there's always a way to get someone to do I guess what you want them to do but you just have to feel a little bit more compassion into it um, and just approach them a different way because I learn different I know I'm very systematic in my thinking and so I have to do okay I'll do this I do that and I do this but some people may just be able to just just grasp the concept just like that and so it really just take goes back to building relationships just knowing your students and having those one-on-one conversations if you see someone struggling pull them to the side say hey I just wanted to check in with you see how you're doing and have a genuine don't even talk about school just generally talk about them, try to get to know them, their struggles, and then you might even, they might even open up about something they're struggling with in their personal life, and then you can lead, you can, and now they have that trust in you, because it takes, the educator has to trust the student for the student to trust the educator, mm. and that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, and so it just really is an exchange of trust. You really just have to sit down and have those conversations past just the surface level of what you're trying to get accomplished to be able to make people join you in your cause. <laughs> I think you just How left do this we have a podcast in speechless. <laughs> like no. we're speechless. No, I, just... I feel like he just unpacked our training. <laughs> well, he definitely unpacks it. You know, what you've done today is, Josh, you, you, you've really, I think what you've really done is you've hit a lot of the highlights that are actually like low points for us. When I say that, in other words, these are, they're highlights for us, but in, in, in the real world, these are people, mm-hmm. the, the, the mindsets and the pieces that you've addressed today are really struggles for a majority of other people. And the reason I say that is, is because, you know, like we've worked in the last six years, we've worked with over 20,000 educators in some form or fashion. Wow. So, so yeah. So the reason I say that is when you deal with, you know, thousands of people, you, you find, you know, bright stars like yourself who think outside the box, who are systematic, who are open-minded, can, you know, who recognize their own, you know, systematic flaws and, and want to correct them. But, they're, but, but to be honest with you and share the reality in our work of teaching and building relationships in schools, it's a struggle. And I say mm-hmm. that to not get people to say like, you know, I just want to enlighten you that you are outside the box in the way that you think. And the reason that we're really taken aback today and really just kind of left speechless is you've been able to highlight certain 
key components of what we teach and preach. But the way you did it, like you simply said, it's an exchange of trust. And when you had said, you know, it starts with the teacher trusting the student before the student can trust the, the, the teacher, right? When you say those types mm-hmm. of things, they are, they are really simple, but yet profound. And the reason I say that is there are not many people in our world, in our bubble of Denise and I, who not only they don't think like that, they don't speak like that. And so there's not many ways that our work has been described in such simplicity, yeah. in such simplicity, when you say it's just an exchange of trust. We try to make it simple, much like you were talking earlier, because the more simple we make it, the more for teachers, they see it as like, oh, I can do this now because mm-hmm. it's simple. You know, um, it's like working out or losing weight or selling cars mm-hmm. or anything. The, the more you simplify the process, the more it seems less overwhelming and less anxiousness is involved and those type of things. So when you see that, Josh, what, what are some of your thoughts on some of the things that we've talked about so far today as we start to wrap this show up? What are some of your thoughts? Well, I think you, I'm definitely extremely glad people like you exist. I didn't know anyone like you existed. Um, you know, of course, you typically have, oh, that's just a cool teacher. Oh, that's a cool teacher. But to know that people are actually reaching out, trying to create more generally cool teachers is, is really good. Um, I really do appreciate all the compliments and everything else to you, uh, you guys. I would love to build a relationship with you guys outside of here and just continue on because you guys are a wealth of knowledge. I've learned tons of lessons from you guys. And then of course, I have to run back and take some more notes just so I fully grasp them. But you guys are just a wealth of knowledge. I've learned a lot. I mean, I'm teaching. Apparently, I'm teaching you guys stuff, but you're teaching me 10 times more. So I really do appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Josh. I want you to, I want to leave you with this and all the listeners tune in. You don't want to miss this episode, but Josh, I want you to keep walking in your God-given purpose. But as you do that, grab the hand of someone else and bring them along with you. That's how we become stronger and better together. Love you, Josh, and there ain't nothing you can do about it, honey. <laughs> okay, I love you too. <laughs> hey, Josh, I, I, I appreciate the the affirmations and the in the in the reciprocal of of experiencing each other's uh, wisdom and maturity today. But at the end of the day, Josh, I, I, what I loved about our conversation, it was just real. There is there mm-hmm. was there was no script, there was no agenda. It was simply saying, hey, here's a young man who has a great understanding of how the importance of relationships can impact life, can impact business, and can impact schools, which ultimately have impacted you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I take away from today, Josh, is is your personal growth, your personal insight. The, the idea that you understand life as a process and not a product and the ability that you are at 19 working on like sharpening your communication skills and that you are asking questions like, what does it take to be in a long-term relationship? Like you are, you are, you are forward thinking into some areas 
that as Denise pointed out, I was far from at 19, yet 29, yet 39. I don't even think I started thinking like you were thinking until I was 49. And I'm being very, very direct here. So, so continue on your path of thinking, continue on your path of knowledge and seeking to understand, right? But also to seek to be understood. You are an amazing human being, Josh, and we cannot wait to continue our relationship and our connections outside of this show. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and we will connect with you next time.